Episode of Character Reveal. Am I reading that right? Character Reveal. It's been is that ages. That's what the podcast is called. That's what the podcast is called. It's that show where we reveal the character of lots of awesome creative people all over the world. As always, it's me, it's your host, it's your boy Dom, aka Brother Dom, all over the internet. And once again, I am joined by the awesome co-host. You know who she is, but would you like to tell the people who you are? Hey everyone, it's me, Stephanie, aka Captain Steph on Twitter and the Snow Queer on Tumblr, and it's nice to be back in the saddle doing a character reveal. We have it's, a pretty awesome guest for y'all today. It, it's true, it, it does feel weird, but we have a great guest who I want to say needs no introduction because they've been on the show and been introduced twice. <laughs> So I'm just going to start talking and assume that people will recognize my voice. <laughs> you know yeah, the clearly. assumption, yeah? Okay. It's always yeah, perfect. You're a celebrity, right? We have dire uh-huh. fans. It's always weird. People say, this person needs no introduction. Here they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to I would people? love to introduce myself to people. <laughs> um, I'm Zora. Uh, you can find me at ZH Gilbert anywhere on the internet where I want to be found. And also, I think places that I didn't want to be found, but my other username was taken. So oh. <laughs> Don't you hate that? I hate it, and I'm like, I'm like, I refuse to use a different username than like the two that I use everywhere. It's like, like, so, what imposter has stolen your identity, your who, secret who identity? Who's going around taking ZH Gilbert? <laughs> what other ZH Gilbert is there? Probably the same who? jackass who talked took Brother Dom on Apex. There's no other Brother Doms. Unless it's Broth Adam, in which case I need to find this man. <laughs> Why do you spell Adam with an O? I blame your parents, but you didn't have to go with that. You could have been Adam with a T. But no, there's some broth Adam uh, running around. Unless it's me from the past and made a mistake, which I, I don't make mistakes. I would love to meet broth Adam. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. Wow. I was like, nothing is going to make noise. And then my timer went off. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, this is, it, we're, you know, we're back in the saddle. We're all here for all kinds of wild stuff. But before we just get into the chitter-chatter, I have to ask you both, how, how's your day today? How's your lovely Saturday treating you? It's going Pretty good. good for me. I'm being lazy today, <laughs> which is I... not the best choice. <laughs> I went outside and into Manhattan and discovered that it's St. Patrick's Day weekend, mm. and Manhattan is full of green people. Mm. Um, oh, so wait. I was... Wait, I have a very tangential story to that, but you you should finish. That That's really the story. I was glad that I did not have to be outside much around the green people and came home as soon as I could. Good, yes. Good call. Okay, no, so this... Uh, do you remember SantaCon? Oh, how could I forget SantaCon? So I did not remember SantaCon the day of SantaCon, uh, which oh, was actually no. fine. I went to Brooklyn. Um, I went to Brooklyn like in the morning before the Santas were out and about. Um, <laughs> uh, so I got I, I and I I live in um, just south of Hamilton Heights. So I I take the one down to Times Square and then I take the R to to my friend's house. And uh, going there, fine. Going back, I transferred in Times Square, and. I found myself in a train car full of Santas, but also many older gay men. Uh, (laughs) Because I guess there was some sort of like gay men's group thing that ended at the same time (laughs) as SantaCon. And so it's just me in this car with all these like 
elderly gay gentleman and people dressed up as Santa Claus. Don, we know our gay apparel, I suppose. Like, <laughs> I, presumably. Right? But anyway, I had a moment on that one train. Yeah, I didn't... I, I was... I uh, was exposed to the SantaCon folk as well by complete fault of my own that I see my therapist on Saturdays ah, and she works you? near Grand Central <laughs> um, so on Saturdays I get to go into Manhattan and see whatever nonsense is happening around Grand Central and as you cool. can hear it's much nonsense today it, it is the season for nonsense I feel that's just 2 o'clock on Eastern Parkway that's fair <laughs> muffler sounds and police sirens are they related? Probably sometimes. <laughs> At least part of the time. St. Patrick's Day has, has not caused any unchill moments for me today. My my brother is out and about in the fun. He has a nice custom shirt because he's, we're, we're, you know, we're fun. We're fun people, my family and, and I. And um, I saw a few people out, but nothing too wild. I had to go through Oakland today. Um, I had to drop my partner off uh, for, for a thing. And there was a surprisingly low amount of people, and I, it's also the end of uh, Pitt's spring break, so mm. the only people there are either people who didn't go home or have come home early. But my first impression was like, it's like I only see like, mo like there's mostly just like black people and Asian people around here, and it kind of just <laughs> seems like all the white students went down to Southside. And there was, like, this lifted weight of, like, ah, there's a little less oppression in the city today. Oh, no. And then I remembered it was spring break, but people were just walking around very, very casually. And it, oh. it I don't know, it, it, I, it just seemed nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love Pittsburgh when the students aren't there. Yes, that's, that's the best time. It's, it's funny being at a college bar where the bartenders don't like college students, but they're also mm. college students. AKA mm-hmm. the Cadoba Bar, best bar ever existed. Um, I could talk, I could talk about that all day. R.I.P. Cadoba Bar, best bar ever. Um, you know that's that's really where racism came to die because it was just such a good integration of people. It was a lovely time. <laughs> At the Cadoba Bar. Hell yeah! <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like like Brooklyn kind of um, like hipstery hipstery white bartenders who were like the nicest people, and the whole clientele was like. <laughs> black students like from the black frats and like the hill district and i found out why that was after a while but they were like the coolest people the only people they hated was like spoiled college kids who would come like on bar (laughs) don't we all well yes i mean i was i too was a spoiled college kid who hated spoiled college kids but i like to believe that i had better public transportation etiquette than like (laughs) 99.9 percent of students in oakland so that's not hard <laughs> no you take your backpack off go in the bus just go just go in the bus go in the bus <laughs> i found i found out i think there's a difference so there's spoiled and there's entitled because although i grew mm. up my family grew up you know we, we never missed a meal we didn't fear where the mill was coming from but all the times i got new video game consoles the internet wasn't that big so i was getting them a generation behind when they were on mm-hmm. sale so if anyone has ever bought a PS2 during the PS3 era, you know that's not the biggest reach. But from where we stood, me and my brother felt pretty spoiled. We got everything we ever wanted, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I've, I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm pretty spoiled. But then I grew up and met people. I'm like, oh no, these people are entitled to though. Like, I have everything I want, but these people expect everything they get. 
yeah. and that's I think that's the difference, you know. I, I don't want to yeah. blame anybody for getting things. You know, you're not bad because you have privilege, but you're bad if you sit on it. Ooh, <laughs> mic drop, but it's a stationary mic, so mic sit. Um, <laughs> Mike, don't touch that mic. <laughs> don't, don't touch, Mike, don't that, touch mic. that mic. Michael, Michael microphone. Um, Zora, we yeah. in, have got you, well, I say Steph did all the work, but we've invited you to, to chit-chat <laughs> and by about... And did all the work, I mean, was sitting next to you the yeah. other day and was, <laughs> was like, very hey. convenient. Don't downplay networking. That's what this really is. We can... It was the gayest possible networking, I have to let you know. It was very good. It was literally in Stonewall. Yeah, it was oh, no. at an LGBT drinks in Stonewall. <laughs> Well, to our straight listeners, um, all three of you, <laughs> you can you're allowed to keep on listening. I promise. This is a safe space for you. <laughs> to our queer listeners, please listen. Please clap. Um, <laughs> oh, <no>. But <laughs> we've invited you on to uh, talk a little bit about Kickstarters and in general and dates and publishing and just kind of shoot the shit with you about some of this stuff. Yeah. You know? um, My so favorite you... thing to talk about is queer indie comics. <laughs> this Perfect. very specific niche. You know, I, 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 you say that, but I'm I'm starting to feel like it's not as niche as we would think. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a pretty big niche where it's still niche, but, like, calling it small kind of feels... Is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, like... I think that we, as part of the community, have a really skewed view of how big it is because we're part of the community. Fair. Um, so, like, everybody... we're seeing it grow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, it's definitely bigger than it was. Um, but also, like... All my friends are into queer indie comics. I literally don't know anyone who doesn't know about <laughs> queer indie comics because I create queer indie comics, and if like they don't have a choice, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's kind of like you're you're living in it. Um, but also like you know my coworkers uh, at at uh, my job, they are much less part of the community. Like they don't know what TCAF is, um, and that was surprising to me because I just that's assume so that everybody knows what TCAF is. Um, but they're they're very that's much the like Toronto Comic Con. Yeah, that's the Toronto Comics the readers, Comics Arts Festival. For the listeners, um, it's oh, in a cool. library. It's Appreciate so good. It. It's so good. But they like never heard of it. And if they had heard of it, they actually like think of it as like the stuffy like stuck up convention um, because they're all coming from anime. Um, and it was really weird for me to hear that because I'm like, no, TCAF is like such a wonderful like safe comfortable space because it's it's what they perceive as stuck up for me per it, i perceive as like very creator focused and like abstracting from licenses anyway that was that like a very weird moment that i haven't talked to anyone about so it's clearly <laughs> been like festering in me <laughs> we're here to we're here to you know ease the wounds prevent the festering we want everything to, to feel good yeah so so i kind of wonder is the stuffy idea about indie stuff is that more of like a holdover from indie film because when someone says like indie games to me i think kind of um full of itself sort of uh oh weird i don't think that at all so so really about about indie film i feel that way about indie games and indie comics i feel very like scrappy uh, like i'm trying to think of the word that i'm looking for i i'm I'm two beers deep so i'm losing this one word that i'm looking for (laughs) but you know sort of like uh like presumptuous of itself sort of uh like oh we're making pretentious? art pretentious yes there it is that's why I have yep. great people on the show so they can help me look good um so no sometimes indie we games... do words that's our thing it's literally our whole thing it's literally your thing and I'm a math person I'm like yo show me a hundred numbers I'm fine but like ask me to do English I can't do it um actually I I can but like so indie games feel a little bit pretentious in the idea of, like we're doing art 
or we're doing like Grindhouse, really bloody, like screen shaky stuff like Hotline Miami. And then indie films feel very also pretentious and like a little bit stuffier and stuck up. But indie comics to me have always felt like it's where the queer stuff is, it's where the really violent stuff is, and where the black and white stuff is because. That's really something. interesting because I think of those as, as very, very different communities, which makes sense. Um, but there's like, I, I separate, um, so Big Two Comics, we all know Big Two, um, mm-hmm. which I put into the category of mainstream comics, which is basically anything that's distributed um, heavily by Diamond um, that you're going to find like, mm-hmm. you know, sections in Diamond for. Um, at Diamond, for those who don't know, is the, the, the comics catalog. Diamond is the, the, Diamond they, is the monopoly they, that rules the comic book industry. Yeah. Um, so if you go to a comic shop, they've ordered most of their stock from Diamond. Um, okay. And they have a catalog that, that lists all of the, the books that are coming out in a given month. Um, you can actually find, if, you're, if you don't work for a retailer, you can find basically a mirror of that catalog online at previewsworld.com. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm very excited about Previews World because I love transparency of information. It's a good thing. We need more of it around. But so there's, there's those mainstream comics. And then there's... Um, and that does get muddled, but then there's graphic novels, um, and graphic novels are uh, distributed through Diamond, um, but also through like book distributors, um, and they're produced sometimes by um, mainstream like monthly publishers, but also by you know book publishers. And then <laughs> there's indie comics with a X. Yep, that's what I was hoping you were gonna say. <laughs> uh, and those are not the same as what I think of as the online indies. Mm, which are which is the tradition of like queer like creator driven generally fairly leftist uh books that that i count myself a part of okay Um, like when you say that i think of like spike trotman's work a lot i would put spike trotman in the online indies um and spike is moving towards mainstream but spike spike is like definitely a person who i look at and think like was one of the catalysts and the progenitors of the online indie like community Okay, so it's kind of like you're indie, but you get so big that calling you mainstream is more appropriate, even if your attitude's more with the indies kind of thing? Well, no, it's indie is, indie for me is, is literally like, you are independent of, Solid, of okay. massive of um, publisher, things. yeah. <laughs> okay, um, okay. And the, on, the thing that differentiates the online indies and indie comics, with an X, um, <laughs> is, is I think that's, that's where I get towards tone right so indie comics is an older community uh because the internet didn't exist um but also it's that i think of indie comics as pretentious like oh okay that's gonna be like your your artists who have who have come up and ended up as fantagraphics creators it's gonna be people like jason um it's gonna be people who are like it's like white guys who are doing auto bio um (laughs) and generally like a lot of the stories tend to be kind of sardonic and then online indies, you know, you might be sardonic, but there's, there's, stylistically, you can expect to see more color, you can expect to see um, maybe more marginalized, maybe younger creators, um, that kind of thing. It's a generational divide as well. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I've been, so, I think online comics is such a very interesting and weird space because you have, you know, the drawn stuff, like the digital art kind of stuff, the sprite comic kind of thing. There's a little bit of mm-hmm. everything, in a way. Yeah. And... Like you said, there's so many different kind of tones, and then, and that gets thrown apart. Like there's so much grassroots stuff. I, I mean, I know. Yeah. There's so many conflicting feelings about, for instance, let's just go with the easiest one to like, discuss is Penny Arcade, where they mm-hmm. started as some dudes, and then 
they got so popular that they have a convention now that's like almost not even associated with them. Yeah. Like, like mind association. I mean, they're still involved to some degree, I think, kind of like how you can't separate Walt Disney from ESPN, technically, mm-hmm. but... Whoa. Um, what? I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Disney owns ESPN, <laughs> That's crazy. I believe. But you would never right. watch ESPN and be like, oh, man, the mouse has me. Like, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> um, like, you're like, I'm watching the most bro stuff possible. It's like, yeah, isn't that wonderful? Like, Walt Disney has you again. Um, but no, so... So I think about that, and then you look at Sprite Comics, like, oh, it's my favorite thing, and it just kind of goes away. Um, and there's so many different tones and that kind of thing. So that's a lot of – that feels very confusing to somebody like me who's more – most of my uh, comic intake is maybe something video game related or, like, mm-hmm. the stuff David Willis does or, like, Slipshine because, you know, I am who I am. Versus, like, yeah. games, I have more of a, a, a an understanding of, like, what's indie, what's AAA, kind of where yeah. we would have, like, a double-A setting. And I think that ha- that – come just comes from familiarity um right. but also games are such a huge industry um that there it's the difference between the smallest creator and the biggest creator is much 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 more vast than the difference between the smallest creator mm-hmm. and the biggest creator in comics okay um because that's like yeah because like if you look at like marvel like they're like oh well we're our comics are struggling to sell yeah exactly yeah, like marvel like... is the biggest publisher of monthly comics and even they like you know there's like not a not a ton, i don't know how many but not a ton of people work in the marvel marvel comics offices right like and yeah, you know there's yeah. there's networks of freelancers but that's that's nowhere near i think even like a double a studio but that might not be true actually because i don't really know what double a means double fine is double a but i don't know how big double fine is yeah so i consider kind of i would say double a is the stuff that like maybe has an indie feel but you're like mm, you know okay. some got some like people in their house wouldn't be to make this like the stuff that double fine does or devolver where they're like you know like the people that won't do evil stuff like ea or microsoft but it's like they're definitely like a for-profit yeah. kind of situation so then I'm taking I'm taking my double fine comparison back and just comparison comparing them to AAA. Like Marvel would be the AAA of comics, and Marvel yeah. is not even like it's AAA studios are orders of magnitude bigger than Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, um, I feel like the thing that makes it weird with comics is like their product in and of itself is very well known. Like we all know Spider Man the same mm-hmm. way we all would know like Mario or Donkey Kong. But then you look at, well, how many people buy a Mario game versus buy, like, a Spider-Man right. comic? And it's like, yeah. right, it's, like, such a magnitude of difference between, like, the big two versus... What would you consider the big two of video games? It's like, well, there's a lot of people that occupy that space. Like, there's the console holders, but then there's, like, somebody like EA or Ubisoft is still, well, like, the big, AAA the big magnitude. two, like, I think the... I don't know how many AAA studios, but it's... Those, the, the, like those are the big Blizzard two. And, like... um, Ubisoft, uh, Squenix... Yeah, Squinics. like these oh. massive people who put out like really polished mm-hmm. 3D looking things, even if they're yeah. not polished, I guess. <laughs> even if they're actually broken inside. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so it, it is kind of um, I, I do see like a weird difference between those. So it's it an interesting comparison, is kind of what I was getting at in in so mm-hmm. many words. No, I mean I love the industry. The other thing that I com- compare comics to is the the tabletop RPG industry, um, which is. That's yeah, the track. Which is a, I think it's a it's a much closer comparison, I think. Um, and the tabletop RPG industry is much smaller than comics. And like I don't know any numbers about Wizards of the Coast or D and D or Pathfinder, which are the most popular ones, but 
those are the most popular ones and right and there's like white wolf or whatever i don't eh, that stuff's not me um <laughs> but i'm <laughs> but i'm into like indie rpgs surrounding and post powered by the apocalypse systems and i don't expect you to have any fucking clue what i'm talking about here um but that's and that that actually i think illustrates a point is that like much like the online indies though that niche of tabletop rpgs is like most people i know know about them at this point but that's that's because that's my community. I have a huge confirmation bias. I like very frequently forget that I have to explain what powered by the apocalypse means to people. That's that's like what Monster of the Week is, right? That's the yes. Macromizer player. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. And, and 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 powered by the apocalypse is has achieved more not- more like notoriety because they're playing Monster of the Week. Um mm-hmm. but Apocalypse World, which is the the original um, game that kind of split off into all of these different hacks. Um, mm. Not many people necessarily know about it. And and people might be able to be like, oh, Powered by the Apocalypse, I've heard those words somewhere, but not necessarily be able to like name a game outside of um, Monster of the Week, which isn't a problem. It's just... or And it doesn't like imp- infringe on somebody's nerd cred. Um, <laughs> but it's it's like telling about how big the industry is, I guess. And what parts of the industry are big. Makes sense. I'd say, oh man, I feel like we can go down a whole um, like and a rabbit like, hole about tabletop stuff. <laughs> there's too like I feel like there's something to like the fact that like to some extent you don't necessarily need to buy into like to actually even purchase a game to get some of the content. Like right now mm-hmm. we're playing a homebrew of like me and Dom and a couple friends are playing a Final Fantasy fourteen homebrew of D and D. Yeah, and like someone wrote that whole handbook themselves and put yep. it out on the internet for free. Mm-hmm. Like that's like. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, so I, I highly recommend getting into table the tabletop RPG community. It's so good. It's so good. There was just some people just did something called the Sad Mech Jam, where they made like TTRPGs about sad mechs. <laughs> I so love I, it so much. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I don't yeah, know how this you, game would work, but it sounds you, pretty cool. If you Google, well, it's not one game. It's lots of little tiny games, right? Like. Because it's a game jam. Even Um, better. I'm psyched. (laughs) Hold on. I'm Googling it because I don't remember the people's names. Um, I remember one person's name, but not the other, not the other one. Um, So it's the, the, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's the emotional mecha jam. Um, (laughs) Also, also called the sad mech jam. And it was organized by John Harness and Takuma Okada. Um, You can find it on itch.io. And it's just basically a bunch of people like developed these short little um, RPGs and submitted them to this game jam and now there's just like a lot of games that have are about sad mechs it's so good (laughs) that does sound cool um there's also there's also a jam (laughs) um that was happening for video games it's smaller but if you find basically if you find either of them you can find some cool tabletop rpgs or you can find some cool cool little video games the only yeah train jam's coming up soon i think right I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. So a bunch of devs get on a long-ass train ride, and they do a game jam, and they make games. <laughs> um, that's, that's great. I love that's, that. That's all That's it. delightful. That's like Murder on the Orient Express, like, except instead of murdering <laughs> someone together at the end, at the end you have a video game. That's we have really good. several video games, and that's the lovely part about it. Ugh. And the thing, yeah. that, the thing that makes me happy about that is it's very difficult to make a game, but to make a small experience that's like... 
it's not going to be anything massive, but to make it a well worth it experience, it can be mm-hmm. done in 24 hours. Um, and granted, these people aren't sleeping a lot, and these aren't conditions that you would subject a team to, mm-hmm. um, obviously. But the fact that you're like, hey, I c- over eight hours, like three eight-hour days where I'm paying my employees fine, we could make a game, like, and ship a game. Um, well, and, yeah. And that's nice you to could, know. Like, it's small. It's, you know, small it would be a game. small thing. Like, it wouldn't you, be anything could, that breaks the world. You could ship a, a limited experience. Yeah, and I think... Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. And I, I wish there would be studios, you know... Instead of saying, like, you know, we kind of have our, we put out Madden and we have some time before it ships. Can we get some of the people, give them three days, say, hey, make some little mini game for the loading screen or something. We so don't care actually, what it is. Like, just crank something cute out. Um, I, I, um, my friend works at a game studio and I know that the, that studio, and I don't want to like put them on blast by, by totally naming fair. them or the studio, um, but I know that that studio between projects sometimes they have their people just sort of like they give them time to just sort of fuck around um yeah. and and it's i don't think it's That's quite kind of as awesome. loose as that um and there are you know there are issues with it but just in how it's executed but they are doing that like there are studios that are that are doing that um and they don't necessarily produce a game in that time but they work towards ideas um that aren't necessarily part of a package already right um, that makes sense I've heard yeah. that's something they do like like some of the companies when they were when this when the practice was first starting that's where a lot of DLC came from was like hey we oh, need people so on good. Ta- yeah we need people on task you know and when the game ships we're probably gonna have glitches we're gonna need to put mm-hmm. on a patch so we still need you employed but like the yeah. game itself proper is pretty much done so can you like make some assets that we can either use for later or like sell later or whatever and because you're still on contract DLC later or something yeah yeah that's and, cool. And that was what they did before. They were like, hey, how about we make a game and then chop it in half and then sell half the game later mm-hmm. to them? Which is way worse, but, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> good, old, good old industries. <laughs> um, We brought you to chit-chat some about dates and Kickstarters. Yeah. Would you like to tell people yeah. who don't know what dates is? For sure. Um, So I am one of two editors. Uh, my co-editor is named Kat Para. Um, of a an anthology of queer historical fiction comics. Um, the anthology is called Dates. If you Google Dates Anthology, you'll get us. Um, and we're kickstarting our third volume uh, right now, immediately, uh, until <laughs> March 28th at like 8 p.m. Eastern. So the, 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 vol- the book is about queer historical fiction, uh, queer characters throughout time and across the world. And our focus is on make, like telling positive stories because the anthology basically was born out of Kat's incredible frustration <laughs> with the fact that um, she was like really into historical dramas at the time and like mostly no gay people when they were, were when there were gay people they all died like bury your gaze is a problem it is really a problem in historical fiction <laughs> it is like the rule um, in historical yeah it's fiction. like law and it was law but um. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we were like, okay, but not all queer people were, like, depressed always. Depressed and dead throughout <laughs> all of time. Um, so let's tell some stories that are good. Um, and we did, and it was great. Uh, and then we did a second volume, and it was also great. And now we're doing a third volume. Um, so chances which, are this will yeah. also be great. <laughs> yeah, my hope is yeah. that it's great. Um, and also, <laughs> I can tell you that it is great. Like, the, the all of the stories are so good. Our creative... You do get to pick all the things, so hopefully you I do like get to... <laughs> to pick the ones that were great. Yeah, I'm very excited about them. Um, all of our teams are like really, really incredible. Um, and this one, so the, the volume one was just like didn't have a theme. Volume two was themed progress, um, 
which like i think we had incredible stories in that volume um but the theming was not particularly strong just because progress is another word way of saying like story <laughs> <laughs> so that volume was great but the theming was weird um this volume we're doing adventure stories and they are all like adventure ass adventure stories and it's very exciting my favorite kind of adventure story yeah there's a there's like greater than one train chase (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited about that that sounds fun it's yeah it's so good yeah so we're doing our third volume it's it's incredible dates is pretty cool um you can also get there's a url if you go to ks.datesanthology.com you can go see the kickstarter campaign right now awesome and i'm looking at it right now you're getting pretty close we're getting so close. Uh, we have like $3,620 to go, if I did the math right, as of right now. that's right. Oh, yeah. Our goal is, our goal is $26,000, and we're at $22,380 as of recording immediately. And I'm excited to be funded. <laughs> awesome. Well, we hope you get it. Hopefully, this, this, hopefully you won't need the help by the time this comes out, which shouldn't be too long for now, but hopefully you won't need it. But hopefully, if yeah. you do, this helps. Well... I yeah, do want to say there's always stretch goals. Exactly. Yeah, no, so we have stretch goals too. Um the first stretch goal is to just like pretty up the book. Um and okay, so first off, that good good spot lamb. Oh yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so we are we follow um the Kickstarter model that was um pioneered by Iron Spike um back with Smut Peddler in like 2013, maybe 2012, a long time ago. Um where for every stretch goal we increase our creators pay the difference between that campaign and our model is that instead of uh increasing pay by like a flat rate by like you know fifty dollars for every stretch goal that we hit we increase page rates for every stretch goal that we hit so every stretch goal is accompanied by a ten dollar increase in pay which is super cool or a ten dollar increase in pay per page that the team did not total of ten dollars oh my god (laughs) um so like i bought you lunch (laughs) Congratulations, here's a sandwich. I mailed it to you. It's soggy. <laughs> um, Which at the same time, that's that can that can mean a lot. <laughs> right, I mean, yeah, like I have a lot of thoughts about the economy of, of anthologies, um, and most of those thoughts are that it's like very it's perhaps not complicated, but it is hard. Um yeah. because there's just not a lot of money in this specific ed- area of the industry. Um right. anyway, yeah. so our goal Indulgies is... Indulgies are hard all over. They're really hard. I can't get one puss. Like, every time... Oh, God, yeah. Like, and... our acquisitions team won't let them through. Like... Well, I, I think that they sell better in indie stuff than they do um, in, in... I think that's in true. Big books. In mainstream. In real yeah. mainstream. Thank you. <laughs> big books. Um, <laughs> in mainstream publishing. Because in... Indie stuff is, is, like, built on very small... Lots and lots of very small audiences. Um, yeah. And so, like, people are looking for, you know, 15 pages from their favorite creator, and they're really open to 15 pages from a bunch of other creators as well. Whereas mm-hmm. in, like, mainstream book publishing, my, at least, like, when I'm, I'm really into anthologies now because I run them, but also, uh-huh. you know, if I'm just, like, wandering around a store, I would much rather buy, like, the new Tamara Pierce book than I would the the new anthology that has 15 pages of Tamara Pierce and, like, 
some 15, 15 pages from a bunch of other people and, and yeah much. and like 250 pages of like people who i've never heard of um yeah so i wonder what would what would be the push for that what do you mean like so it seems from what you both are saying is that i wouldn't buy an anthology based on oh my favorite author is in here if it was a mainstream type thing i mean people do but they but typically they would rather buy a full book by that author Right. Mm-hmm. Now Typically, it's... if you're buying an anthology, it's more for the content or for, like, mm-hmm. the theme of the anthology yeah. in mainstream publishing than it is for the, like, the names help, though. Like, if, yeah. we, That's what if I was you thinking. come in yeah. with... I mean, like, even, I'm even more, I'm even, I'm even less likely to buy, like, a short story anthology all by one person than I am a novel by that same person. Okay, mm-hmm. that's like, interesting. I had to be dragged practically kicking and screaming to read the Garth Nix, like, st- short story collection for the Abhorson um trilogy or the old even though the abhorsen books are so good (laughs) they're so good right but like but i was like i don't want to read a bunch of short stories i want to read like a book um but i mean i eventually did read it and it was really good (laughs) but (laughs) but it took me ages to get around to reading it because what i wanted was a novel Mm -hmm. um and well it's it's tricky too like it like when we have anthologies come in on submission like it has to have a really kick-ass theme and at least, like, two, like, A-list YA mm-hmm. writers or whatever okay. attached to it. Like, if John Green or Lee Bardugo is not part of this anthology, like, yeah. <laughs> you're... Yeah. This is good information for luck, me because like... I have I have a project that I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to execute it. And obviously I was leaning indie, but it's going to take, like, time and money and coordination. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. so I had one I was really excited about, but it was about bands, and apparently fake celebrities also sell very poorly in YA. Mm. So like, even though it had a bunch of big names attached to it, it was like, well, this is about bands, and it's an anthology. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so interesting Rip. to think about like what works in different, um, not industries, but sort of uh, different hobby niches, you know? Um, yeah. Because I know there's a lot of, for instance, like the zine scene when they're doing like, I see so many like Splatoon and Sonic the Hedgehog zines. Obviously mm-hmm. those are fandoms that I like, so I see them. But I feel mm-hmm. like the people sell a lot of just art zines with those and they seem to do very, very well anytime I go back That's to like, the power of a Ooh. license. Oh, the beautiful power of a license. But I mean, they're, they're not they're not licensed, which is, is definitely like skirting that edge of like, is this all right? Well, you don't own the license. Oh, but it's, it's like okay. it is but it is content. it is a licensed property, right? Like you just you right. you have you have not licensed the property, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> but the property has been licensed. I see um, what you mean. Yeah. So those are those are interesting. That's why fan art sells well. That makes sense. And original yeah, it's like art the, sells well. Uh, what call the uh, the Mulan zine that. That Erica did. Erica had, yeah. Oh my Erica. god. I have it on my desk at work. <laughs> I do. Like. <laughs> I think about sometimes the um. I know they do sort of a anthology a- attempt sometimes at sort of critical words. I have I have a a, a book about like vi- they're like video game essays. I forget mm-hmm. exactly what it's called. It's an orange book. Is it? Lots of people have probably seen it. Um. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't see it from here. I would. It's tell not you the, name the of escapist. It. Nope, that's not what I'm thinking of. The escapist is a is a site. It's yeah. not un un unwinnable. No, unwinnable is also a site, but I think yeah, I, I think you know what I'm talking what is, about. What am I thinking of? I'm I'm not sure. Um, but it's it's like a series of like critical <coughs> essays about like video Pre- games culture and stuff like that. It's not press start to play. 
I don't I don't think it is. When we get a second, like if you two go off on a tangent, I'll go pick it up real quick and just put, put it back <laughs> over here. Okay, wait, I have me. I have two tangents, so you you should go get the thing. Um the one first off, we mentioned Erica. Um I wanna yes. shout Erica out uh more loudly. Um Erica is Erica Chan. Um she's our cover artist for all three volumes of dates, and she's like I love her very, art. very, very, very good at art. And she she uh right before FlameCon uh, the Wreck-It Ralph 2 trailer dropped uh, and featured Mulan wearing cuffed skinny jeans, a varsity jacket, and Converse. And Erica the was changed. uniform. Erica was changed. Um, and Erica, <laughs> Erica produced a, like, 16-page zine, I think, in, like, a week and a half. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful. Um, and she wasn't tabling at FlameCon, so she was like, can we sell it at your, can, or can I sell it at your table? And I was like, yes! Yes! <laughs> oh my god! And we didn't take home any of the profits for it, but I was just, like, excited about its existence. <laughs> um, so that's, that's tangent number one. Uh, tangent number two is actually, we have got on a tangent from the thing that I was originally trying to say, which is the stretch goals that we, um, Yes, the stretch goals are good. by the time that this episode comes out, will be funded, which means the stretch goals are exciting. So the first stretch goal is a contributor page rate increase, and that's at $30,000. It also will fund spot gloss on the cover of the book. And then the second stretch goal, again, another contributor rate in- increase, um, but it's to print the uh, comic about the women who are on the cover of Dates 1. Um, and it's a really fun mystery story. Uh, Kat wrote it. Erica drew it. It's so good. <laughs> it's and very good. Um, there's a certain tier li- you get that as a PDF, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's already all all done um, in PDF. Like, we've, al- we've already done production on it, right? Like, it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. We've already produced the digital art for it. Which is different than my area of production, but um, so it, it it exists. It's in the world. If you back at a bonus level, um, there's lots and lots of bonus levels. I cannot list them all. Um, <laughs> you'll get it as a PDF. But if we hit thirty-seven thousand dollars in the Kickstarter, we'll print it. And anybody who is getting a physical package, so anybody who's getting like a book, um, and also is getting the bonus content, will get a copy of the comic. Nice. So that's anyone above thirty. Um. Yeah. Anyone above the 30 the thirty dollar book tier. Um. There's another thirty dollar. Basically, if you oh, pledge, yeah, if if tier. if thirty five or more dollars are leaving your bank account at the end of this Kickstarter, uh, and you are uh live in the U.S., the number amount doesn't work if you don't live in the U.S. Um. Yeah. You'll get the printed copy of um of the Illustrious Vanderbridge. Uh. If, of course, we hit that stretch goal. I think it's delightful. Like, was there always a, like, a story behind those women? Or is that, like, something no, that, like, you're there like, wasn't. hey, what the hell? Let's, um, let's make a story about them. No, so there wasn't. Very we, interesting. We, we've actually been kicking around this idea since Dates 2, since before Dates 2. Because the women, like, Erica's cover for Dates 1 is so good. All of her covers are so good. But the cover for Dates 1, like... It defined what the series is, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, the color she used, like, the emotionality of the characters, um, that and Le Luna's, like, really incredible logo very much, like, helped characterize what we th- wanted the anthology to be for us. Because they they produced them really, really early on. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and those girls are, like, they're on all of our branding. 
Um, they're on our yeah. con banner. They're on our site. They're everywhere. And so they've become very much characters for me and Kat and Erica. And so we, like, when we were starting Dates 2, we were like, what if we did a comic about the girls? And then we looked at each other and went, we'll die. Um, and so <laughs> we we had it on our list of things that we really wanted to do for the third volume. And now we're doing it, and it's really good. Yay. Cool. Exciting. Yeah, I've got my PDF out of the... <laughs> of Dates 1. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> that book... <laughs> Oh, book. Yeah, so fund this stuff. There's all kinds of cool levels, like, even if you're just funding to get a PDF, you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. It's always good to support Read these that things. stuff on your Kindle, your iPhone, or yeah. your device of choice. We do PDFs. I do it. I usually do two versions of the PDF, one in spreads and one in, uh, one in single pages. Um, we're not going to do EPUBs. I'm sorry. It's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I What's could that, probably like a format or yeah, EPUB is a is an e-reader format. I could probably oh, okay. produce an EPUB with InDesign, but like there's some compression stuff that just doesn't work very well. Anyway, so just go hmm? like make yourself an Ao3 account, upload it privately, and then download it as an e- <laughs> EPUB. I'm pretty sure you can download fanfic from. Oh wait, I think you can. I don't know how well it works for images. I'm gonna say it would probably squish the images a little bit, but um, also it would probably work better for for uh, dates than it does for. I work for a manga publisher, uh, and manga is produced using screen tones, and when you compress screen tones, bad things happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've been trying to figure out how to make InDesign spit out EPUBs for us, and it is not going well. Uh, every time I export something, that the the half tones, which the screen tones. Um, mm-hmm. They developed this pattern called more, uh, which basically means like, you know, when you like squint at something and it seems like it forms like optical illusion squares or patterns. Yeah. That mm-hmm. only you're not squinting. I'll it's just on the page. A, that's a more joke, but that's also it's also useful to know what you meant. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. I did find the book. It's called The State of Play. Um Oh, to go back to to go back to that tangent, that? yeah, Maybe, it's um basically like some creators and critics um do some essays about video game culture. So does so featuring is uh Sarkeesian Quinn. Mm, okay, yeah, that's that's what uh, Ian Bogos and Evan Narcisse, and they're talking about stuff like you know this is a while ago, so it's when it wasn't as hack to say what's it like to be black in games or be a woman in games, but that's not the whole thing they're talking about. But some experiences that fit with them, or I think, yeah, there's there's a um, Evan Narcisse talks about how as a black person it's very difficult to find hair that looks like yours, sort of like the natural it's called. So like the haircut that a lot of black men just have didn't exist, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really still, but it mostly didn't exist in games in mm, any tangible like in character way. Creators. Yeah, it's like oh cool, I can get this weird blown out afro, or I can get something that looks yeah. exactly like a perfect sphere, but I can't get <laughs> what my hair naturally does. And of yeah. course, that's, that's even harder um, to get something that looks natural for black women. I mean, you could just get like a straight wig and just call it whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But that's that's still not the same. Yeah. Um, but they're they're very good at writing from their perspective. So a black man's not going to write from a black woman's perspective. It kind of is defeating the purpose. That's cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of critical things like that, and I find the idea of having an anthology of essays or like nonfiction might work a little better since there could be a topic that people or you know like. You know, I think, Steph, you wrote something that was nonfiction about Star Wars. 
Oh, and I wrote a. I I have essays in a Doctor Who and Race anthology oh, and in a yeah. Star Trek anthology. Star Trek, the cool. Show. So the idea of like Both anthology of them are, like, with critical. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing is that also there's there's a there's a market for anthologies about about or for academic or, or critical anthologies because often in those cases people are like very curious about the subject matter specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ours were like a combination, like the Doctor Who one was a combination of like thirty-page, like academic, yeah, works, and then like three or four-page, like personal essays. Like Emily Asher Perrin was another contributor we did. Yeah. For the personal ones. Yeah. But, like I'm not likely to buy an essay anthology or a critical anthology, um, mm-hmm. because, like, in pursuit of a single creator's work. But I am more likely to, like, if it's a topic I'm already interested in, I'm much more likely to buy it if, like, you know, you have a big name that I like associated with it. Yeah. You know. I think that's what this was trying to do. It was like, hey, video games culture is growing as a thing. And yeah. it's like, obviously, pre-Gamergate, so we didn't have this big, like, black mark on it. But I'm like, oh, I know some of these names, so I want to read their work. And also, I'll read these other people that I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Because their topics I'm... seem interesting. As a total aside, I googled Moray to... Um, just so, like, I could have the image in my head, and there's a- they sell t- like, shirts, like, button-up shirts that are more prints. Holy shit! I would shit. get a migraine so fast. I need it! <laughs> what, how I do you don't... spell that? <laughs> oh, it's, well, it's M-O-I-R-E. Yeah, I googled it, like, like, the eel, and then it was like, no, that's wrong, Stephanie. Oh, this is... Oh, I see, yeah. I've, I've seen stuff like that on, like, bad It's like, like when PDFs. you take a picture of your... It's like when you take a yeah. picture of your computer screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've seen this on, like, bad Dujinshi, uh, like, uh, scans and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly where it happens. Um, okay. Oh, these are some fun little shirts. I'd be a real pain in the ass to wear that in public. Right? <laughs> <laughs> where are you finding... Are like, these, is, are these is just... that person glitching? <laughs> like, I think these are just normal shirts that... But with bad pictures? With bad pictures. But there's gotta be a market for Amori prints. I would- sure. I am not joking. Right? I am the market. the market. I'm the market. It's me. <laughs> it's me, the person who works in manga production and loves to be a self-referential nightmare. <laughs> we are millennials. We are the broken fourth wall. It might only be me, though. Well, so we live in a- we live in a society, unfortunately- where people will wear Ahigao shirts. So I'm sure there's mm. a lot of people that will buy more A shirts. Yeah, that's that's an appropriate reaction. That's how we feel. That's... I knew that. I'm sad. So don't <laughs> don't be sad because that means there's the opportunity that there's a version of that that seems like it's that, but it's actually just like Dragon Ball Z rage faces. And that should be a thing because I'd buy that shirt or hoodie or sweatpants oh. and you're like oh it's just vegeta he wants to go super saiyan that that's fine that's a positive image for the kids aspire your dreams <laughs> that's the goal i'm trying to find there's another there's a um i'm having trouble finding the title of the game but um if you're interested in in that kind of scholarship dom and anyone else who's listening like the game's crit stuff tanya de pass so um oh tanya tanya's is... great yeah cool. yeah so she organized another um, critical essay anthology um, about diversity in games, and it's it's more recent than um, State of Play, which is why I'm mentioning it. So it's it's yeah. you know a, another additional perspective from that's more recent and organized by a black woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, friend, friend just of the wanted show. to shout it out. 
Yeah, she. We had her on the show. She was our first big guest. Oh, really? So. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's fabulous. I think she was our first like non-pilot guest, actually. Thanks, yeah. Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> she's done a lot of work to uh, make this space. Uh, I guess just better would be the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tanya DePass is really, really cool. Am I pronouncing her name right? Yes. Okay, great. Um, okay, so it's called Game Devs and Others: Tales from the Margins. Okay. Um, and she also Game runs Devs. I Need Diverse Games, which I'm sure you guys know, but I'm saying it because it should be said. It should be said. Yes. These are oh, so this just came out last year. Man, Twitter is a nightmare because you can miss so many things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I I follow her on Twitter and lots of people who would probably <laughs> know these things, and I just don't remember seeing this. Yeah. So I edit. One of I, many um, reasons Twitter is a nightmare. I edit for uh, a GameScript site <laughs> um, called SideQuest. You can find it at SideQuest.Zone. Um, and if you Google um, Tanya DePass SideQuest, um, you can find an interview uh, by Carissa Howery with her. Um, it's called The Need for Inclusion with Tanya DePass. It's it's a good little interview. It talks about the book. Nice. Excellent. That was such a musical honk. <laughs> we have, there's like an Escalade or something that's parked outside our building that that musical honk that's what it sounds like when the car alarm goes off what? it's got like layers it's like chords oh my god like, wah, that's wah, wah, wah. like that's the sound of money that's what money actually sounds like you're, <laughs> you're in the presence of a higher power <laughs> or something who knows uh, incredible. so the other, I, uh, so before i jump into the other thing i wanted to ask i have to keep trying to remember it. um do you have any you know, discussion on like the experience of running a Kickstarter because I've yeah. seen, it seems like that's been less everywhere, but people still like, it's still popular and important, but it seems like it's less every week. There's a new Kickstarter. Oh, so, that's like, not true. Every week. There's definitely a new Kickstarter. <laughs> I mean, like a major, a, a major one that infects the game industry. I feel like hasn't been happening, but that might just be, I've, I follow more and more. I follow more and more people, so I see less things. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I can't speak to the game industry. I know that um, there's constantly new um, indie RPGs on Kickstarter. There's constantly new comics. Um, okay. I write for Women Write About Comics. Uh, disclaimer, they, them pronouns, please. Thank you, listeners. I was going to say. Um, uh, <laughs> women and non-men write about well, comics. I mean, yeah, it's really, really, it's non-men write about comics. Um, it's... <laughs> Women Write About Comics is in a tough spot because they called themselves Women Write About Comics and then uh, and they got established and then the, the, the conversation got much more complicated and they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> our, our brand. Um, because like... they, are, they are genuinely so welcoming, um, but like they've, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot and they're working on, they're thinking about um, figuring out a way to like very effectively and completely rebrand as whack, but... As you can see, <laughs> whack kind of hard. Wants to be, nobody wants to be whack either. Like yeah. I say, that's like that, that sounds yeah. like a homestuck like right. speech quirk. It's <laughs> like, not a good acronym. Is that something Aridin said? Like, Um, and it really was, it was women who founded it. Um, sure. It's kind of like how we have people of color because we don't want to just say mm -hmm. non-white because you don't want to, I feel like you don't want to yeah. frame your conversation around 
the, the, the outcome. Like, yeah. hey, we're not men. It's like, okay, well, yeah. that's succinct. But does that really feel good to be like, hey, we're the ones that aren't men? Like, uh, that, right? Like, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to refer to myself as. I mean, I'm um, fine saying black, but I don't want to say non-white. It feels better to say we're all people of color, like in this yeah. group that I'm referring and, to. And and I mean, if if we're talking about that, like the alternate options. So SideQuest is actually, um, it used to be the gaming vertical for women write about comics. Um, it's always been called SideQuest. Um, but we split off uh, because basically <clears throat> SideQuest and another sister site, um, Miss and Scene, were getting too big <laughs> and for the servers that were running <laughs> women write about comics. Um, and so they, we did some more reorganization and SideQuest is now on its own, which means that we're a lot, we we're able to like define our identity a little bit more. Um, and side quest, we have a like who should pitch us page that frames the people who should pitch us as, as people of marginalized gender. Um, Ooh, and I like we don't, that. that sounds cool. Yeah. We don't make any claims about like what makes your gender marginalized. So, you know, we're, we're extremely open to, to trans men pitching us. It's not just like women and non-binary people. It's anybody mm-hmm. of marginalized gender who feels like kind of intimidated or excluded from the mainstream game space and yeah i would please pitch us <laughs> we love to publish things and we love weird ideas we want to hear everything you have to say about games and we're, we're very honest <laughs> with our feedback <laughs> supportive but honest um that's really good that's that, that's um that that reminds me of sort of some i i read a review this is about it was about captain marvel and it was it was written by 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 a woman, and what they were saying was, you know, I didn't really love this movie, and that made me very happy. Like, mm-hmm. she was talking about how it may have been Kendra James, but like mostly it sucks that like any time a movie comes out that stars a woman or it's like female centric or marginalized gender centric, it has to be awesome or it's used yeah. as an indictment why this shouldn't work. Like, you don't see like mm-hmm. a movie with like men in it and it's bad, and people say, well, it's bad because of men. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's it, they're saying, hey, I, I want there to be more mediocre movies with women in them, and people mm-hmm. just say, ah, that didn't really speak to me. Oh well, like I'll go, like, and I think it's a good time for it. With like, P- Wonder Woman was pretty universal. Like, oh, this is good. So like, when Captain Marvel comes out, people, I mean, obviously sexists will, but the average person's not gonna be like, oh, I don't know if m- movies with women work. You know, you have to. Like, yeah. It would only be a sexist that say that. They'd say, oh, this wasn't for me. Well, you can hope that. That's my hope. I, that's what I've seen, even from like a lot of cis dudes. Like I, you know, I, I just feel like some of the like they didn't give Brie Larson the chance, like be really awesome in this. Like I, I can't wait to see what she does in the next Avengers. So it was like I'm not mad at women. I just think this movie could have been better. Yeah. And that was like I, a lot of cis I, straight dudes. I, I we're, hope... we're setting aside like the bundle of garbage people mm-hmm. who are just like dissing it for no reason i hope very desperately that 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 what you're saying is true um but i don't think i'm not sure we're we're there yet but i believe that the conversation is probably changing oh i wouldn't say Um, that we're there there i'm not i'm not (laughs) suggesting that like i don't have any faith in that i'm saying it's it's just getting better Mm -hmm. we're moving towards that yeah I, i would not say that we're there we're not we're not there on so so many things um We've had some good opportunities with, like, Wonder Woman and Black Panther, but we still don't have, like, every, anytime, like, something comes out that stars women or, 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 or black people or any marginalized races or genders, people mm-hmm. still, uh, like, post hoc rationalize it. Like, oh, it's not that I hate women, I just think X, Y, Z. It's like, 
you're just going back and finding reasons because you were mad in the beginning. Like, yeah, it's it's possible that you wouldn't have liked Ghostbusters if you gave it a chance, but you didn't <laughs> give it a chance, and now you're trying to find reasons to support that. And Ghostbusters that's is also different. very fun. I've heard these have, things, but I, I, have, I didn't like I any Ghostbusters, so I didn't want to even try. of that movie. Just I, Ghostbusters and Ocean's 8 occupy a similar space for me, which is like, they are dumb funny movies with the same yeah. societal problems as every other dumb funny movie yeah um, i guess that's, that's fair yeah <laughs> but they are more enjoyable for me because they star women and it's fun to see people who aren't men like holding the stage in dumb funny movies um mm-hmm. that makes like, sense that i that, that I, I buy that well, um, but they they are criticized more than like Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Twelve, which is a god awful nightmare. Ocean's Twelve is so terrible. Bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but th- but like Ocean's Eight is gonna get more criticism than Ocean's Twelve ever will because it's women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, interesting. I, I find I find when sometimes would you call black movies? I say mm-hmm. follow this space that like Girls Trip didn't seem to catch as much shit about being a woman's movie. Maybe but because it, it was also a black movie, but I'm pretty I don't... sure that Girls Trip didn't catch any shit because nobody marketed it. <laughs> I mean, that's also possible. I mean, it, it certainly too. caught yeah. shit. I'm not saying it didn't catch any shit. My point is that it it didn't get as much of it. It didn't have as much of an audience as it it could have because yeah. it was like drowned out by whatever that murder one was. Oh, one? the same one. There was a similar one that oh, had Scarlett Johansson in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that movie that was actually bad, bad though, right? Like that wasn't yeah. like okay. Yeah, they no, marked that it as the hangover bad. for women. I'm like, that's not that's not a high bar to aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but I'm I'm really... excited. I am excited that we are getting at the risk of sounding more women prison guards, but I think this is a different thing because we're talking about <laughs> comedy movies. Um I'm excited yeah. that like extremely terrible bro comedy movies are like a thing that is starring women now. Like I'm, I'm glad that there are terrible bro comedy women <laughs> movies starring women. Yeah, because I, as I, much as I yeah. hate bro comedy, like I don't know, people like it. <laughs> 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 in comics should be able to get those jobs. Absolutely, yeah. I think a lot of it is um, what I see. So stuff like Superbad. I think Superbad resonated with me a lot, like in high school, and I think it's well written. Don't get me wrong, but I think. There's a little bit of the, when you're not quite fully into, like, the racist, like, the sexist things. Mm-hmm. Like, the little things about you that are a little ugly. Like, the scene mm. that I always point to in Superbad is when Michael Sarah turns around and he looks looking at that girl. Like, he's, he's looking, like, like, at her cleavage or whatever. And she sees him. And he does that thing that, oh, man, what, my eyes are so blurry. What was I looking at? And you're like, mm. oh, man, I, I've been shitty like that, too. But the funny part about it is, like, oh, yeah, that's super obvious. Like, that hasn't fooled anybody. And... The thing about, like, bro comedies, and I think might happen in girl bro movies, is there's a little bit of ugliness about you that you're like, it's funny, I don't need to talk about it or want to talk about it, but that's where the humor actually comes from, is, like, pointing to your own, um, yeah. your own grossness. I don't like that genre. <laughs> it's, it, look, there's nothing pleasant about it. I think that's, I'm just saying that's why I think it resonates with people, is you're like, yeah. you know, I have this ugliness too. And it should be punished, but I don't want to be punished. So I'm happy that the guys <laughs> in The Hangover, like, their toxic traits got punished. The dude, the, the, the events of The Hangover happened. And it was a quote-unquote happy ending, but they didn't really have a good time. And they got punished yeah. for their bullshit. And I, 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 wonder I if don't think it. I agree with you about The Hangover. 
What did I it, haven't I'm seen not saying the Hangover, it's good. so I can't. Even. I'm not. Oh, I'm not calling it good. I don't like that movie. Like I don't enjoy it. I don't. I, I thought it was overrated. I'm. I think that's what the appeal is. Is that? Oh, hey, that seems like relatable. Maybe people just like laughing at other people's misfortune. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they like they like feeling better about themselves. They're like, well, I can't be any. I can. I can't possibly be as much of a dingus as these jackasses. <laughs> So yeah. that means I'm an okay person, and I'm like, okay, but you're not. <laughs> okay, so I, I, <laughs> you're, I, I you think two that's are where the problematic part comes in, is that they're seeing themselves in that, but they're like, oh, these guys are bad, bad, I'm they're not worse. bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you're on the same stuff, you just didn't, like, make the mistake that they made, so you're yeah. getting away with it. Yeah. It is, yeah. It is anyway. interesting. Tangent um, about movies, I don't know. I, I'm glad I more people are being in movies. ages and ages and ages ago, um, is that <laughs> I write for... This is the Kickstarter thing again. Um, I write for women about write about comics. I do a monthly Kickstarter roundup, um, and there's just like tons of stuff in comics all the time. Um, I think that the Kickstarter bubble, it hasn't burst, but it has like expanded. I guess plateaued. Um, like... Plateaued. I don't think plateaued. Um, it's it's mellowed. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's just not are, as it's not as intense and yeah. So there are lots and lots and lots of projects that are raising like you know, between ten thousand and and twenty five thousand dollars at this point. Um as opposed to like one project making like a million dollars. Yeah. And you do you are still getting like projects that, that raise a ton of money, but Yeah, um, like the critical role Kickstarter. <laughs> but but you know, in comics like there's lots of anthologies that have, you know, I'm gonna even narrow it. It's like fifty between fifteen and and twenty five thousand um dollar goals. And they're just coming all the time. And so there's more places for people to put their money. And I think there's more money in the pool, but there's so many more projects that each project is making a slightly more modest, like, um, splash, I guess. I would like for... I I made the mistake of looking at enamel pin Kickstarters, mm -mm. Um, which I've mm -hmm. already made once. I, I ended up mm -hmm. spending a lot of money mm -hmm. on D&D... Um, enamel pins yes. that were gorgeous um but that's a it's a dangerous place to be <laughs> and there are a lot of them so like there's, there's so at least many. that and they're all in pounds why are they all why are they all abroad that's weird actually i don't know that's fascinating because <laughs> huh. the one the last one the last one i kickstarted was abroad like i need some space sad egg pin kickstarter they're cute <laughs> They're all breakfasts, but they're is that they're like it's like eggs. Is that the Steven like, Universe cartoon, like the Sad Breakfast Friends? No, it's just like they're in they're they're OCs. <laughs> I mean, but like OC eggs. <laughs> it's like a shooting star, but the the back of the shooting star is bacon. Extremely like a galaxy, but it's a it's a dippy egg. Like extremely cute and good. That's that's very good. Yeah, Kickstarter is great. I'm like, so happy about, and that's oh, that's actually another feature of the the online indies is that a lot of the online indies publish through Kickstarter, um, so okay. they're self published, they're independent, um, but there many of them use this online crowdfunding platform to pre fund as opposed to like you know just printing the books and hoping. Yeah, I mean that's unfortunate. It's it is a good uh, risk mitigation tactic. I feel. Well, yeah, I feel like that's like it's given that to the community mm -hmm. is knowing that you have at least sold this many books. Yeah. Like rather than having to like print and hope, which is still like 
printing and hoping is still the business model of major publishers. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like, there's a little bit of like some of the like print numbers are based on like pre-orders and like what the what like the different accounts think is going to come mm-hmm. in, like what Sam's Club want thinks they'll sell and what Barnes Noble thinks they'll sell and stuff like that. But like. A lot of it's just printing and hoping. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if they hope bad, then yeah, there's a and lot I of books sitting in a. I bet it's also really different. And so manga works on a monthly publishing model where it's like comics, right? So it's it's it or it's like monthly comics where there's a certain amount of risk, but a lot of the books we're publishing are volumes, you know, three, four, and five, and so we we have more to predict off of than any debut author ever. Yeah. And we have, I think, proportionally fewer? Maybe not. Probably. Well, we don't really have debuts because they're uh, they're volume ones of series that have already been published in Japan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, basically, like, the what we're working off, and by we, I mean the salespeople and not in any way me, <laughs> um, is, is super different. Anyway, sorry. I've, I've thought about this a lot recently because I don't understand how it works. <laughs> that's the that's the point is the talk through this it's all about that hashtag content <laughs> to go back even further further just you know bring everything back around we're unstacking um, i like that that's i mean it's perfect as far as the tabletop stuff mm-hmm. and kickstarter combining that so critical role has got a lot oh, of discussion sure has um and i can't agree or disagree with all of any of it mm-hmm. and i'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about that i hate to hit people with the dot 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 <laughs> thoughts question but I'm i mean gonna do that i think critical role is confusing and weird and complicated um i oh cool we're on the same page perfect <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> watch critical role i don't consume any of its content i I am so. I like the pretty art that some people retweet yes. onto my TL sometimes. Same. Um, I enjoy people's art from Critical Role. Um, I uh, I don't like D and D very much <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm a, a huge pretentious jerk. <laughs> please, please look into Powered by the Apocalypse games. They're so good. So I I don't know. I'm not involved in the Critical Role community. I had no idea it was this big. It's huge. But the the thing that I do agree with is that the your responsibility to your community changes as you grow um, and as you gain a platform. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing about Critical Role has to do with with the the, the racial makeup of their cast, which is a really uh, <laughs> euphemistic way to say that photo has like eight white people in it and nobody <laughs> else. Um, yeah. Um, and so I don't blame anyone for having friends. I don't blame anyone for wanting to do things with their friends. Um, but when you have a platform that raises, you know, $7 million in however many days it's been, you have a, you, and, and when you claim to be progressive, especially when you claim to be progressive, you have a a responsibility to help amplify like marginalized voices in your community, especially a community of of rpgs which like has one has a quote-unquote diversity problem um but also mm-hmm. has a lot of like really brilliant marginalized creators in it 
I don't know, I don't, like, have suggestions about how they should go about their business, but it is incredibly stark. It's, like, very, very clear that there's just a lot of white people. Yeah. There's a lot of white people. There's a lot of white people. And there's people. so many people doing, like, incredibly good work adjacent to Critical Role who are not white people. Yeah. And it seems like these guys aren't, like, huge pieces of shit, so, like... It's not a Marvel situation where most people who are yelling at Marvel uh, for not including, like, more marginalized voices in their editorial staff refuse to work for Marvel. I would never work for Marvel. Um, <laughs> I would be great. I would be a fantastic monthly comic editor. I will never work for Marvel. Um, but Critical Role isn't, like, a bag of dicks. Um, so there are lots and lots of, of marginalized creators with, like, other perspectives who I think would like have a great time working for them and, and be willing to like be critical, but also like very, very engaged and be on the same wavelength. So I don't know. I don't know what they should do it more. I guess the, do the, question, more. I ha ha the question I have, uh, I'm kind of in a weird spot where I am a person of color, specifically mm -hmm. black, but I grew up in a white community, but mm -hmm. I had black friends. So if I was ever in a situation, I, I guess the analog for me would be including people of uh, of other genders is like, mm -hmm. how do you add somebody to this? Because the, the issue is we need to diversify, right? But yeah. how do you, I wonder how do you add somebody and say, hey, we need somebody because our diversity is bad. That's what we're doing. But you can't say, hey, come be our token person. Well, so that's actually, and, that's not, that's not, that. so I'm white. <laughs> this is all coming from a white person. Um, <laughs> my answer is, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you can't um, do that, but that's but, the, what you have to solve. <laughs> but what what is good is like, so this has raised $7 million. There's a lot of jobs that need to be, there's a lot of roles that will need to be filled. Um, gotcha. They have a Critical lot of role. money to pay. Seek out marginalized um, Right, people so too. when those roles come up naturally, so let's say they need a, I don't know, a director for episodes of the cartoon. I'm making shit up. I haven't read this page. Um, let's say they need a director for episodes of the cartoon. They can say, okay, we have this director job. We're going to specifically look for a person of color to fill this role. And or or we're at least going to like try really hard to reach out to communities where creators of color like do a lot of work to try and like get applications. Um, we're going to do a lot of like outreach work in in trying to fill this role um in communities of color similarly like character design like in, it's every job is important but like especially the visible ones yeah. <laughs> not for their yeah. not not just for their own like optics but also for like people watching like people we want that visible representation in order to make actionable change in the media landscape so like when jobs come up naturally make a genuine concentrated effort to invite and involve and include communities outside like this one group of friends okay um, yeah that sounds pretty good because I, I was i was thinking about the D, &D thing and i'm like yeah i could see how i see how this could happen and mm -hmm. i wonder when the transition is because somebody somebody tried to drag the McElroy brothers in them like granted they have a similar platform but they have the fallback of we're literally related to the people on this show that's right. why that's why this works which and you and... still want to highlight marginalized voices but it makes sense that you started the way you did. Yeah, and the McElroys, like, they don't have guests, right? Like, they're they're four dudes who are literally related by blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and they don't have... 
and I'm, t- I'm speaking specifically about the adventure zone they don't have guests um mm-hmm. carrie peach is the artist on the um on, on the, the, the graphic isn't she novel the queer woman, isn't she? um honestly i just assume everyone is queer uh at this point but i can't say for <laughs> sure one way or and... another on carrie um i was gonna say she was tabling at flame con so but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean actually... anything but it it makes it more likely but i i don't know yeah. i'm scared to i'm scared to like be definitive about stuff that i'm not 100 percent sure about because i'm not no, um, yeah, that's, but carrie's that's carrie's good. really cool she is a white cis woman um yeah which i am sure about um so that's that's like a place where they could have incorporated someone the thing about carrie is that she had already mm-hmm. done a lot of like visual work for the adventure zone and community building it would have been weird i think to see another person in that role um, and all of the things that I'm saying, this doesn't absolve them of, like, responsibility for, like, amplifying marginalized voices, but mm-hmm. the scale of this operation is still so much smaller <laughs> yeah. than Critical Role, like, Critical Role's $7 million uh, cartoon Kickstarter. And it also involves fewer people. Um, like, I mean, they have for second behind them, they have like a whole publishing house, but when you look at like the core creative staff of that book, it's, it's the McElroy brother, or it's the McElroys, it's Carrie Peach, I think Tess Stone, who's, who's a trans man of color is, is their letterer. And then it's like, you know, some editors at first second, <laughs> um, it's mm-hmm. way fewer people. So that, yeah, that, yeah. The scope and the of the team even changes the. So like, yeah. even if like even if you can argue like one way or the other about like the reach of the McElroys mm-hmm. versus a Critical Role team, like the the people involved is yeah, okay, smaller. Yeah, and I, I just like, wanted to bounce some stuff back and forth with you all. Yeah, and also like, they can't do anything about who they are. Um, yeah, but yeah. they they can they can do work to like amplify folks voices um and i don't know that i see them doing a whole lot of that but i certainly don't see i have been happy about how the mcelroys are willing to at least take criticism criticism and apologize and work towards change um yeah and that's that's a big not to be like oh wow look at these three white guys being so great but like they're doing better than a lot of other people it's encouraging when they're not the worst (laughs) and that's a sad thing (laughs) I'm sad like, about that. I feel like we we kind of like don't ever want to do it like as lefty people, but sometimes I'm like, you know, we are we do great on a curve though. Like I, I think it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like someone says, why do we get so mad at certain people for making mistakes, but not at people for not being as inclusive? And it's like, I, to to be to be blunt, is that sometimes you expect more from people. Mm-hmm. Like it's it sucks yeah. worse. Like like if as a black person, I'm racist especially towards black people it would feel way worse than like if a white dude was racist so like yeah. if i'm like guys we should be pro-black it's like well yeah that helps you versus like some really white guys like we should be pro-black it's like you didn't have to do that for your own good and <laughs> yeah, again not the, to give the people curve, cookies the curve is messy yeah the curves it, it yeah. sucks it, but like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. i don't know it's um, like hey here's a cookie not a metal but here's a cookie yeah um, <laughs> i had another thing oh yeah so uh, also like uh kind of a a much larger statement on the critical role thing um i don't know enough about them to like critique them specifically but i think that it is good that this conversation is happening because even if they haven't done something horrible it's important to hold them accountable moving forward 
And yeah. this conversation is a big part of holding them accountable moving forward. And that's, I think that that's a very, very good thing. Um, yeah, especially since they seem so open to it. I don't want exactly. that to be a bad guy. Like, I'd be very sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, I think that, that it's important to hold everybody accountable. Um, it's not particularly fair that some people get held accountable more than others. Um, but accountability is important. And I'm glad that that the uh, at least some of the community is is doing that for critical role which has a huge platform and will hopefully like respond and and you know keep that in mind moving forward good hey i think we're all on the same page with that stuff any anything loose on the table any uh any loose ends Steph? uh <laughs> zora is anything that we missed i don't know dates is like consuming my whole life please back my kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> do it you won't regret it it's very good i already so know good. <laughs> let me let me look at a thing though i i have oh, an boy. idea a small thing let's see if this still exists here's a thing too this is to jump back on this the picture of the, the team are all white people but all of the people in this picture of the cast of like the animated thing, they're all white people and one blue guy. Mm, yes, that is something that they could fix. That's something you could do something. That about. is a fixable problem, and that actually <laughs> happened with the Adventure Zone. Um, yeah, I don't know if if you guys remember that kerfuffle. I'm gonna explain it for the listener. There Whatever. was a there was a whole um, dust up about talking. Yeah, so, well, uh, I mean. A little bit, yes, but also it was bigger than that. So what happened is when Carrie Peach was announced for the book, um, they also put up, like, the I think the cover or the character designs, and it was just three white dudes. <laughs> it was Magnus was white, Merle was white, and Taco was white. And they were, like, pale as hell. And people got, like, very emotional about that. Um, <laughs> and, and rightly so, right? Like, and I say emotional, yeah. so, so there, was, there was critique, there was, like, genuine hurt. Um, there was there were lots of like opinions and emotions and and um, and critiques going around and ultimately the result was that they they took the character designs and they took another look at it and I don't think that the features of the characters changed a lot so like Merle's nose is the same shape as it was before or whatever his bone <laughs> structure is the same um, but they did they did like significantly darken Merle's skin tone. They made Taco blue, which is not the same as being like an actual real world pe- person, person of, of color. color. Um, but it is one less white person, and but it making is... them brown could have been disastrous. Yes, Taco <laughs> is. Yeah, but that was like something that they had talked about in the show, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taco is is uh, his name's Taco. <laughs> His, his original like it's not in the comic anymore but his original founding quest was to invent the taco yes. in Faerun. There was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of choices that they made. And they they aren't they are they they don't claim to have done otherwise. They're not like they, they don't not like, talk well, about we it but they're thinking, like hey we have white privilege. We should walk this back in the narrative because it is harmful. <laughs> um Yeah. And so so making taco darker skinned than you would have had a brown person named taco yeah who steals a lot who steals a lot who's kind of like you know the idea when you're like just dicking around with your buddy like hey let's do this thing you're like this is really successful this in joke doesn't play to to the world like this only works like in Um, our house like don't do this yeah anyway the point of that i'm making is that character designs can change that's good yeah (laughs) critical role 
they can change. Um, um Zora, I yes. have a question for you. Yes. And Stephanie, I have the same question for you. Would you like yeah. to revisit the speed round of questions? Because, Zora, since your previous appearance, we have added questions. Oh, okay. To our final, our end thing. Sure. I'm, I love to answer questions. I'm going to regret you... saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, do you think this would, would be a good thing to bring back since we are, we are back? And Yeah, sure. Let's do uh, it. So all I really did uh, was open the most recent <laughs> episodes, and I'm looking at all the questions after Marvel or DC, <laughs> mm. <laughs> if, if you want to also <laughs> see some of these. But here's a, uh, here's a quick question. This is a lightning round. It's not lightning. Should we call it the spin dash round? Who knows? Um, sure. Have you seen- Dodge roll round? The dodge roll round. Here we go, because it's faster than walking, depending mm-hmm. on where you're at. Um, have you ever seen Pacific Rim? So yeah. If you could pick any person- um, that's like publicly known, whether it be a, a real person, historical figure, oh God. or like a fictional person, who would you be drift compatible with? I don't want to answer that question. That's putting me on blast. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm embarrassed about my answer to that question. Hey, we're not here to mess with people. You don't have to answer anything. You don't owe us anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that and try and figure out an answer that will be less like personally damning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I again, this is a no pressure. This is a safe space, so we're not. You're basically to... you're like not quite, but almost asking me to like kin claim a human. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. See, like I'm like a motor mouth kind of like make a lot of like hit on people jokes, so I could just say Hamilton from the musical, and I don't feel like I'm being weird with that. But I see how I see where you're coming from. I, I, okay, I, can see that. <laughs> it's, I guess you did say fiction. Mean... Wait, fictional is fictional, fictional. An option. Fictional is on the table, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. let me give me a minute to remember any fictional character I've ever interacted with, uh, quote unquote interacted with, read about, okay. <laughs> and I'll I'll get back to that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm... yeah. And if and if we are like shaming ourselves right now, I will say that I did back two pin kickstarters while we were talking. Oh my god, <laughs> two, two, one, the egg one, and uh, like a cute Japanese art one and i'm looking at one that has cryptids that i'm thinking that's about that's phenomenal too. send me the cryptid one <laughs> <laughs> this is what this show is really about uh, how about since since we don't want to do drift compatible let's move down the list do you have a favorite candy or a favorite color of starburst oh i think my, my, i'm pretty sure the pink ones are my favorite color of starburst that's a good uh, one. Mm-hmm. my favorite candy is twix bars because i am basic I'm I've, ne- I've never heard the opinion expressed that Twix was a basic candy bar. They are. They're. Co- <laughs> I don't know why I think that makes me basic, but it absolutely. It, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I- I'll go with Twix and, and the Pink Starburst. Those are solid. All right, I've got. Yes, I've got one. Please do. And like this is, I feel like this has been skewed since the last time we <laughs> we asked this question because of the introduction of a certain one of them but um who was not out in the world since mm-hmm. the last time we asked this but uh do you have a favorite mascot oh <laughs> oh yeah that has been skewed yes yeah, wow. i'm not gonna lie gritty is the only mascot i know of so it's i think it's by <laughs> default gritty right like it's got yeah it's got it's gotta be gritty like i, I don't know who it was before my so there was a there was but... a gritty cosplayer at pax unplugged and my friend oh my proposed to them. <laughs> <laughs> they 
there were pictures on the internet. Are we sure it was a, a cosplayer and not just Gritty? No. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and my brother were at a at a the Pens Flyers game where Gritty streaked. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's so good. I'm so jealous. I'm happy that uh. The uh-huh. Gritty has become a mascot for Philadelphia. Like, at the Overwatch League, like, when the first game that Philly played, like, Gritty came out for them. Oh and I'm God. like, Gritty's not an Overwatch League mascot, but I guess he is now. They got him a jersey and everything. This is amazing. Gritty hates fascists. <laughs> and apparently yeah, also led into the fire. <laughs> Gritty's, like, a mascot for Philadelphia, but he, like, Gritty's also a mascot for, like, Antifa. Somehow. <laughs> Even, like, like Phil- the city of Philadelphia released, like, a resolution that, like, mentioned in the resolution the fact mm-hmm. that, like, socialists and Antifa have, like, been, like, been, like, no, Gritty's ours. You can't have him like Pepe. That's extremely good. <laughs> that's a good- I guess that's what happens, because, like, Pepe was neutral. He didn't choose to be, like, affiliated with Nazis. Like, they just did that against- no one asked them to do that, but they kind of just did. So now we- it's just a war. We have to take the memes first. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have uh, answers to the Pacific Rim question. Ooh. Okay. All right. If if this is just like my actual, genuine, honest to god answer of any human being in the world, I it's definitely my roommate Mike. Uh, hmm. If you see us interact, <laughs> we could pilot a big robot so good. <laughs> Violate a big robot. They're like the same. So good. Um, we we have we have been known to have converse like full logistical conversations in about three seconds as we pass each other in a hallway. Um, once we were running an event uh, at a museum, and uh, our boss watched us walk up to each other in in the hallway, um, kind of gesture, nod, and then both spin around and walk the other way. Um, <laughs> um, so like we, we, we're in the drift already. If it's, it, uh, the next answer for like characters that people might actually know, I, I want to be in a big robot with Riza Hawkeye. Ooh, I yeah. think that that would be great. I think that we could pilot a big robot together very well. <laughs> for, uh, for you, Dom, that's, uh, yeah. she's from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh yeah, she's, she's the... The very put together lady with the with the blonde updo. Yeah, she shoots guns. She's a dog. She's really good. She seems she's pretty really good. To... She's so good. She's very good. And she she like takes no shit and is like just eminently competent. Yeah, but she's... I think I think that she would also like. She's got know how uh, that would be good in a big robot. <laughs> Solid. That's a good answer. I think I have to ask my trademark question. Are you familiar with the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise? I am. If you had to be one of like his crappy animal friends, like what would you be? Like, one of his crappy animal friends? What animal would I be or which character would I be? Which animal? So like, there's tons of animals that exist, but if you had to be like one of the Sonic the Hedgehog Are you entourage, asking me what my persona is? Not actually, no. What your Sonic sona is. Because it's technically different because this also requires you to have like some shit pun name like... Knuckles uses Knuckles, Tails uses Tails. Oh, Stephanie okay. reads, so she'd be like, reads the cat or something. Rouge. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> Rouge is a girl, so her name is Rouge. <laughs> Which is she weird. She blush, so she's... 
Do you think there was like a problem like where they met that her name was supposed to be Rogue? No. Because she's I think... like a spy? Because like that feels weird. I think what about Amy? Supposed... No, Amy. <laughs> Amy has no excuse. Her last name is Rose though. And she's pink. Yeah, that's I mean She's just like girl the girl the girl. Girl the yeah. girl. But it's also um... weird that like Tell's name is Miles. Those like they're the only two people who have names. Like that yeah. are names. <laughs> Well, n- <laughs> to be fair, they are, like, fu- more functional people than anybody else in that cast. <laughs> That's fair. Amy actually wears, like, a dress. Like, she's a... She has, like... She wears she- clothes. <laughs> she's evolved just to wear clothes. Yeah. The only one of them who wears anything but shoes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, okay. And she can read tarot cards. Like, that's a, that's, that's a canon thing. So, like, she has a personality. All right. Uh, I can't think of a better answer. I can't think of a name, is the thing. I'm very bad at puns. Um, well, what's something you do? You're like, you're like edits. Ed- I edits heard people. I would be a sheepdog. This is why I was asking if you were asking me my persona. Because it's a dog, Dom. <laughs> it's a dog. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know if your persona would be different than this. I, I, I'm not, I, mean, I don't, don't want to ascribe that to somebody. I don't want to box you in. I do not have a persona, but like. I, I would absolutely be some sort of sheepdog, um, and my, my like, I would be one of the ones who do- goes on the hunting quests, because I'd be, like, extremely good at, like, sensing where stuff is, and, like, gathering the things. Okay. Um. I can I'm... work with that. I'm satiated. <laughs> You're satiated? I, 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 my, my, I've been diffused, as it were. <laughs> Um, <laughs> satiated was a frighteningly like, like evocative word. I've been satisfied. I I, I don't know. Satisfied felt worse. <laughs> so like, fed your hunger. Anyway, sorry, I'm mocking your word choice. That's mean. No, I I, I think it's a cool word. I, I won't admit that it was the best word, but I'll <laughs> say that I like the word. Uh, <laughs> and I think we have like one other question that kind of gets well, like two questions. Uh, Steph, you want to get one of these? Um. Of the two major ones there are, you can pick. So just, it's, it's like a okay, coin toss. So these are, yeah, these are, uh, like, they're married, these two questions. Ah, they're, okay. in a, they're in a civil partnership. <laughs> what character would you like to play in a show or movie, given any, a, any adaptation? Oh my god, that's so good! That's so hard! Is this it can a... also be a voice role, too. You can do voice or in person. Okay. I mean, oh. So make it even broader. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to go full self-indulgent. I would love to play uh Keladry or Kel like of Mindelin um from the Tamara Pierce books uh from oh, the yeah, 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 small yeah. series. Uh because I love her. She is my favorite character in anything ever. Um <laughs> Those books, like, built my personality. Um, um, would you say that you are a protector of the small? I would, Steph. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> it's um, been said. It can't be unsaid. Um, yeah, no, I would love to play Kel in, like, a radio adaptation of those books. Um, Ooh, that'd like, be not cool. necessarily, like, a full cast audio thing, but but some sort of like reimagining for for radio specifically that would be really cool i think that i could i could have a a battlefield command voice 
I think I'd be okay with that. I can, yeah, I can see that. That's solid. I like that. What's the other? Right, Dom. Yeah, the other half of that question is if uh, I'm losing words, we asked who you'd want to play. Who would you like to play you would, in a show? Yeah, movie? I saw that coming. That's, yeah, that's the uh, flip side of it. Who's the guy who plays Archie? <laughs> Oh, in Riverdale. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> KJ Ava. Because once Mike confused an Archie promotional poster for a photo of me. <laughs> so I think That's I'm legally perfect. required. You don't even have the orange hair. That. That's fair. That's okay. Look, sometimes it's easy. Like, it doesn't always. It's just, the questions don't have, it to, be have hard. to be hard. <laughs> they were like half asleep and scrolling through Twitter, and they were like, That's a really weird photo of an Eaton Park. <laughs> no and it was in fact like the was, like the archie diner it was the archie diner it was it was a photo of archie from the television show riverdale <laughs> that's good anyway I, I, i'm happy it was easy and yep. the other one we have is like do you have any unpopular fandom opinions and then we just kind of close out the show unpopular fandom opinions i have so yeah. many unpopular fandom opinions <laughs> uh and i i be i have so many that i can't think of them right now um, <laughs> my go-to is that Firefly is bad. Is that unpopular? I feel like that's like a dominant. I, don't know. I, feel like... I hate Mean Girls. <gasps> okay, Ooh, that's my unpopular that's fandom opinion. <laughs> I is, hate is, Mean Girls. Is there a reason? I think that Tina Fey is to. incredibly over. I have reasons. I think that okay. Tina Fey <laughs> is incredibly overrated, and that her jokes uh, were harmful and exclusionary at the time, uh, and that that movie makes the relatable characters and the kind characters the butt of every joke. Uh, and doesn't suitably uh, punish or or um, rehabilitate the main characters who are shitheads. I don't like That's that. That's fair. Movie. I think That's that fair. people can enjoy it, but I think that Legally Blonde is better. And if you're going to watch Mean Girls, why don't you just watch <laughs> Legally Blonde? Because <laughs> Lindsay Lohan is cool. Is she? I don't know. Is like, she? <laughs> that, you asked for a reason. I, I tried to give you a reason. <laughs> Anyway, that's, no, that's my that's my unpopular opinion. <laughs> I watched you know Clueless f- and Legally Blonde recently, so I've been having a lot of feelings about like that kind of movie. Part of me wonders if people who like Mean Girls would disagree with anything you said. <laughs> I don't, I don't know would. that they would. <laughs> um, I was gonna say because I I don't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, and and my thing is that the the whatever the hell makes people like Mean Girls doesn't weigh out the fact that when I watch that movie, I see the goth girl and the queer guy, and I go, oh, this movie hates me. A lot. Mm-hmm. And That's any fair. other part of that movie, like, I can cannot surpass the knowledge that the people who made it actively hate me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, 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 not, and maybe they don't hate me, but they certainly don't give a shit about my humanity um sometimes that feels worse yeah <laughs> right and like it's like oh it, i am i am a punchline in this in this joke um and that's i think a very very common feeling for a lot of marginalized people um yeah but so many people i like and trust like mean girls and so when i when i watched mean girls the first time i was like i don't really enjoy this and when i watched mean girls the second time i was like i actually actively hate this and now if mean girls is playing i leave that's fair. I, I, I've, 
I wouldn't be the person to try to dissuade you anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I don't have anything to dissuade, even if I was that kind of. Person. I also it's... like. I also want to mention, like, yeah. you're not a bad person for liking Mean Girls. I'm sorry. It's I. <laughs> <laughs> I just really don't. Hey, that's totally fine. This is a free People space. are allowed to like things. Yeah. And also not like things. Exactly. I without and... being a value judgment mm-hmm. on who they yeah. are as a person. Yeah, and that's 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 a feeling that I have very strongly for Mean Girls. Uh, is that I really don't like it, but also it's it's a movie. It's fine. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Live your life. I honestly haven't seen it since I was like eighteen. I'm like, oh, this was this wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, and then I've never went back to reimagine. Like, I think re- it's probably re- aged really poorly. That's... Oh yeah, it, it's definitely aged poorly. It aged poorly between when I saw it the first time in middle school and when I saw it the second <laughs> time in high school. <laughs> oh no, that's bad when your stuff aged. Like, oh, this was aged when we released it. Maybe yeah. we're shitheads. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we can end on a positive note of, hey, it's all right to dis- <laughs> to, to disagree on things. And you should go but... watch. Uh, you should go watch Legally Blonde again if you've been thinking. I remember about liking watching Legally Blonde. Blonde. You should go watch Legally Blonde Legally because Blonde it holds is up. Great. It's not a flawless movie, but it holds the hell up. <laughs> That's, it's it's so hard. For More than you can to say up. for a lot of things. You know Clueless what? Uh, has not aged well. What has not? Clueless, which I watched oh. for the first time. The fashion is great. Uh, Paul Rudd has not aged. <laughs> Paul Rudd has de-aged. Actually, he looks yes. stronger now than he did like during. Is he in Friends too? I think. Deeply alarming. Very alarming. I'm gonna say like. Could say like Paul Rudd has aged well. Clueless has not aged. Clueless has not aged well. Uh, well Paul Clueless... Rudd has not been anything that has aged as well as he has. Let's first put yeah. that out there. Like that's that's just what it is. Parks and Rec. Was he in Parks and Rec? Yes. Okay. Well, he that hasn't like, had time to age. That's only like ten years old. Five or something of Parks and Rec. Yeah, it hasn't aged very much. I think Parks and Rec will age okay, but I don't think I think it will age worse. Specifically because Trump got elected. Yeah. Yeah, that'll hold it back, and like we're gonna look at Aziz kind of weird in a few more mm. years. Oh, and but like had, his character yeah. just exists. Like his character's like, oh, you're just like a goofy dumb. Parks and like... Rec is having a cast problem. Who else on that cast? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Oh, I, I mean, Rob Lowe was a dick before Parks and Rec. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. Are those any of the characters we're there for? We're mostly just there for Leslie Nope and, and Ron Swanson. Ron. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean it's true. I really like I really like uh, Rob Lowe's character. Um, I think that Chris is like an absolute joy. Uh, <laughs> but, he's fun. He's a, but he's, Rob Lowe is a whole... oh, shithead. So you know, Nick Offerman's actually like a pretty sweet dude. He's like, a great dude. He's, he's like, dude, yeah. what if I embody toxic masculinity but wasn't toxic about it? Well, like, no, because he's, like, he's not embodying to toxic super... masculinity. He's embodying masculinity. Yeah, like he's like I'm strong. I work with my hands. I'm like, what do you do with that? I laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, his I, laugh I, is I so make, adorable. I run a wood shop for help marginalized people. people. <laughs> like, okay, okay, man. What up? <laughs> Hell yeah. He's he's a he's a good guy, and his stand up's pretty funny too. Um, the one time he did it. You know that he um, and um oh fuck Leslie Nope uh Amy Poehler uh have a show called Making It maybe. Um, I, yes, that's like the Great British Bake Off, but for crafts. That's it. That's my boss loves it. It's cute. That's <laughs> so amazing. Um, we've gone a little over. Do we want to uh, wrap things up? Yeah, we can wrap things up. Yeah. It's been so before we like 
well over an hour it's and a half. It's an hour as yeah, well. <laughs> hour and a half of, so, you know, Zoras, thank you so much for coming back on our show again. Everyone, please go visit the Kickstarter they're working on. Check yeah, out Dates you 3. Can, you can find um, the Kickstarter by Googling Dates Anthology. Um, or you can just go to K, as in Kickstarter, S, also as in Kickstarter, <laughs> uh, datesanthology.com or kickstarter.datesanthology.com. Um, that'll take you right to the page. Do you want me to keep saying things about myself? Um, do, tell us tell us the rest of the things. Oh, okay. We'll get the social media. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you can find the Kickstarter at that URL. Um, you can find me at ZHGilbert on Twitter. Um, so Zor- Z as in Zora, H as in my middle name, uh, <laughs> which I'm going to not say so that people can't Google it quite so easily. Uh, and then Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T, uh, ZHGilbert. Um, that's also my username on like other websites, but I'm basically just on Twitter. You can find more stuff that I write on Women Write About Comics um, or SideQuest.Zone. Uh, and you can find some information about the RPG that I'm helping um, lay out at aeronautsrpg.com. Um, arrow as in, like, aeroplane, yeah, and knots as in psychonauts, so aeronautsrpg.com. I'm pretty sure that's cool all shit. my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cool, well, I will do our stuff. Definitely check out all Zora's stuff. And if you want to find us on the internet, we're on Twitter at CharacterRev. We are on Facebook at Character Reveal. We are on, ooh, Patreon. <laughs> We're there. I said that like, ooh, Chinese Fireball. Ooh, like, sorry, is that a thing that is outside my family? I don't know what that is. So in the Goblet of Fire movie, and I know Dom doesn't know this because he's not a Harry Potter fan, but in the Goblet of oh. Fire movie, when Barty Crowd Senior is pulling all the all of the little um dragons out mm-hmm. of the bag. Like, it's like, oh, the Welsh Green, oh, like, the Swedish Horse yeah. Scout, the Chinese Fireball, ooh, and he says, like, he says <laughs> it's so weird. That's a lot less weird in context, because out of context, <laughs> Chinese Fireball is sure a choice of words to say in sequence. <laughs> Sorry, Harry Potter reference, it's baked into my brain, that's the best movie, hot take. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, we're on Patreon, character uh kickstarter.com or no not kickstarter that's not a patreon url wow hello patreon.com slash character reveal um if you want to we have a discord if you want to hang out there if you um that's that'll be in the show notes um we are on instagram at character reveal if you want to listen to us through your browser you can go to character reveal.simplecast.fm you can follow us on the podcast catcher of your choice. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, the the, the things. <laughs> yeah, it's good they to know that are... we're actually on Spotify. I didn't know that before. Yeah, we're there. Just search for character reveal. And if you're doing it on a site that you can leave a review like iTunes or a, a platform, um, hit us up with some stars and let us know what you think in the review section. If you want to get in touch with us and be a guest or let us know what you think um, in a more private way, you can hit us up at our email, which is characterreveal at gmail.com. Um, and then you can find me. Man, this is so many so many infor- informations. Yeah, especially um, when I just, like, let you do like half of them. I'm like, I gotta do things. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me at, Car- at uh, Kath and Steph on Twitter. You can find me at the Snow Queer on Tumblr. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Hella Steph. And you can find Dom everywhere at Brother Dom. So simple. So good. <laughs> That's it. 
he's got branding. I don't. <laughs> I'm lucky. That it's, it's luck. That's all it is. I branded so hard at the last possible second. <laughs> and you're like, at least your brand is like, just like your straightforward name. Like, Esther oh, yeah. would be weird because like, first of all, I'm the only Stephanie Gurdon. So like, that's like, like, okay, that can't be my Tumblr username. Like. <laughs> be calling myself out in a lot of ways yeah very findable no i um like legit dates three launched on kickstarter and i was like fuck and changed my handle (laughs) did i say dates three i mean dates one dates one dates one launched on kickstarter and someone was like tweet at kevin wada and i was like hold up (laughs) (laughs) i need to fix everything i've i've never heard that name before (laughs) Kevin Watt is a comics artist. He makes very beautiful comic yes. artists' oh, arts. Cool, cool. He he does he does um illustrations. So he does covers. He doesn't do interiors. Yeah, he doesn't do interiors. But oh. yo, if you want to see but... a bunch of his good art, you can get the magazine issue of The Wicked and the Divine. He did a bunch of like interior magazine oh, style yeah, illustrations for it. It's stunning. Yes, I have that. It's very good. <laughs> um, so much good. Stuff he did the here. cover for a lot of he he did the cover for Rainbow Rolls. Mm-hmm paperback of carry on and i think he's doing the cover for the sequel yes i don't remember what he did all the covers for the she hulk run when it was a thing yeah he did the iceman covers he did another set of covers recently for something and i forget what kevin wada's got beautiful watercolor artwork and you should look him up that's my that's my final plug is for a person that i've met at convention twice (laughs) (laughs) hey we're all about spreading the love but hey once again, thank you so much, Zora, for coming on the show, spending some time with us and chit-chatting, helping us kick the rust off. <laughs> thank and, you uh, for having me. This show is always very fun. <laughs> That's our hope. We like to have a good, fun environment. Um, yeah. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking around during our uh, many, many slow months, and we have a lot lined up for you, so it's going to be good times coming here on out. We hope you look forward to it. And until next time, see you later. Bye. Bye.